Alright, welcome back listeners, this is Naked Music, and this is part two of our interview with Brody Stevens. Last week we talked about sports and the internet and some of Brody's current projects, and this week we're going to get more into the background. Who is Brody Stevens? Where did he come from? What makes him him? So listen in, and let's change it up a little bit. Sure. Uh, why don't we talk about how you came to L.A.? I mean... You said you started out in Seattle in the 90s. Now it's almost... It's, I thought it's still the 90s. Oh, you know what? Actually, no. We're in the... We're in the 08. We're, we're, almost, in the, we're almost in the 90s. The 9s. The 2009s. Um, <laughs> well, here's the deal. I grew up here in L.A., in the Valley, San Fernando Valley. Grew up here, essentially. Spent three years of my life in Sacramento when I was a kid for preschool and that but essentially i have been in the valley i was born in the valley and uh kind of lived here my whole life and i was you know played little league baseball went to high school um very self-conscious like i am now had mm-hmm. friends people liked me everybody liked me but i felt like i wasn't i wanted to play baseball i wanted to see how far i could go with the baseball because i had a good arm some people's colleges had some interest in me and i really enjoyed it i was really into pitching i mean that was my life i would always be practicing my mechanics throwing the ball and i was good at it so i focused on that and then i I wanted to get out of la i was just kind of like burnt out on la not burnt out i wanted to get out of la but new sites and stuff and i was just into like going to arizona state they they recruited me and i took a trip out there and um I don't know if they paid for it, I forget. <laughs> but I was hooked on I kind of wanted to go there. And looking back on it, I probably should have went to a junior college here in L.A. But I went out there, and I played baseball, and I was still never really satisfied. But I, I, I took it as far as I could go. I had arm problems, arm issues. Mm-hmm. And I was on the team. I was there for five years. I coached a little bit. I went to the College World Series with them. Like I said, I met a lot of guys who have gone on to play majors. And in the professionals, professional leagues. <laughs> Major professional leagues. And, um, like, towards the end of my baseball there, when I knew I wasn't really going to go on to play professionally just because my arm was problemed. And uh, so I, I was thinking, like, what can I do? I, I said, you know, at that point, I knew, like, people liked me. That was, like, one good thing I had. People liked me, and I was a hard worker, and I was loyal. So I knew I had those things but i didn't have the confidence of comedy yet i just didn't have it but i felt like i I, if i if i have something there and i do like getting laughs and i would get them it's like why don't i try comedy and i remember like a couple guys say hey brody you should do stand-up comedy so i graduated college in 93 and i came back here to la and i took a comedy class actually i I came back to la because this is where i'm from and most comfortable and I took a, a workshop class over at UCLA, and the first first time we did it, I was hooked. I mean, I took an acting class in college, and I had to kind of keep it serious, and but I'd make people be laughing at me, mm-hmm. and it was a serious acting class. There was not like stand-up comedy classes in college. Yeah, no, it's... Just, it was just like an acting class. I never did stand-up in Arizona at all. Did it even cross so, your mind, really, or not at that point? Yeah, I just wasn't ready. I, I I didn't have jokes. I didn't have nothing. I didn't have. I just didn't feel I was funny. And 
you know, uh, those, those, those were the beginning stages of me thinking of, like, trying to perform. Okay, like, see what happens. Um, so then I, yeah, I came back and I took this workshop and it's like, wow, I'm doing a, a stand-up comedy workshop, comedy, people there for comedy. And I got up and I tried to have these jokes and they were, jokes weren't going over so well, but people were laughing. They're really laughing at me. And mm-hmm. it's like, wow, maybe I am funny. And I go, these are like cool people. So I just kind of said at that point, I said, you know what? I, I, I like this. It feels good. I'm enjoying going every week, like going to the show. I was so excited. It was like something I really enjoyed doing. And I felt like, you know, baseball had to work really hard just to be on the team. Comedy, I could just kind of like show up and people would laugh at me. It was like, wow, this is like I've got a natural ability here. And, it, it, you know, it felt good. But I knew that I had a lot of work to do in terms of like, you know, writing jokes and getting experience because I, I started reading these books and they said, you know, comedy takes four to five years to kind of find your voice and you got to put that time in and it's going to be a struggle. So I did this comedy class and we had our graduation at the comedy store. It was packed. I was getting a laugh, but I didn't know anything from anything. In fact, like people were giving me business cards, like commercial agents, mm-hmm. and managers, but I just wasn't ready. I didn't know um, or I just wasn't comfortable. So I felt like I got more work to do. And I'm always that way. I, I'm not saying I'm a procrastinator and I always feel like, oh, you know, I'll get better and I'll get, you know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll get, you know, eventually you got to like go for it. Yeah. Or people, you know, see that you're funny. I'm kind of like in, you're funny, you put the effort out and people will notice, you know, cream rises to the top, hopefully. <laughs> but I did the, um, but I did the, uh, I took another con. I wanted to learn everything I could about comedy. I wanted it to be, if I was to do comedy, I need. I wanted to know every single thing about comedy, just like baseball. I knew everything about baseball. You asked me, nothing was a mystery to me. I knew all stats, stadiums, managers, players, how to do this, why they do that, stretching, throwing, all that stuff. So I needed to learn all that for, and I was satisfied with baseball. I wasn't bitter at all, like, oh, I should have made it. I gave it the best I could, my arm. You know, I had a bad arm injury, mm. and that was from bad mechanics. But, like, as I've gotten older, actually, I still throw. I've kind of corrected that problem. So I feel I'm okay with not playing Major League Baseball. It's not something that, oh, I'm bitter about that. Yeah, if you had taken the other out, who knows where you would be now. Maybe right. more money, but who knows. I mean, I'm definitely, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I've been blessed and I've been working consistently the last, you know, basically seven or eight years here in L.A., so I'm lucky that I've had these gigs, a lot of these warm-up gigs and a couple other things, and, um, yeah, I feel like, you know, I, I, it's like, it's like, yeah, when you start, when you start doubting yourself, you go, wow, Brody, you worked over a thousand shows at Fox Sports, they could have fired you. You know, they could have gotten rid of you. You're around these people for over a thousand shows. That's like unheard of, you know, and they kept me there. And now that I'm working at Chelsea Lately, which is a popular show, she's a hot comedian. They keep me there. So I kind of like know that I have a skill and a talent as of being a daily variety, 60 minute talk show guy. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not Mr. Sitcom guy or Mr. Like eight hours. Let me, uh, you know, 
do all that. I'm good with for the warm up. I'm good for like an hour or two. I give you that energy. I give you that real comedy laughter. Comedians appreciate me being around because I'm not hacky and I'm not phony. I'm actually real. I try to be in the moment, and I'm also like loyal to comedy. Comedy comes first. I'm a hard worker. So when I'm working at Chelsea lately, and we get a lot of comedians on there, they really appreciate that I have the audience be involved in the show because that's what it's about. You know, you have the audience is the largest entity in, mo- in these shows. They're the biggest group, the biggest energy source. And it's a funny show, and these people are funny. So it's like, bring that energy. And I'm there every day, so I actually have a barometer. I have thing I can compare it to other. You know, I, I, I know what a great show is by being in front of these crowds for thousands of shows, <laughs> 1,500 shows, whatever it is. So... <laughs> When a crowd is not that good, for whatever reason, I know kind of like how to get them a little more. I'm good at that. So that feels good. I mean, I don't know how long I can do that. But again, there's more money to be made out doing the road, and it's branching out of that warm-up. It's like going from warm-up, cutting those ties, to going out doing some bigger things. I just hope that TV or these shows or what have you appreciate somebody that's put the time in you would think that i mean i get laughs believe me i get all the uh in terms of like i headline these b-level alternative or the small you know the, the small shows i really rock those out they like having me there um you know you just got to keep doing it. you don't quit you know that's what you know you'll really hear that from a lot of people just don't quit when you get down on yourself or things aren't happening all right, we're back with Brody Stevens. Brody, why don't you tell us a little bit about your time in Seattle? Um, as I understand, that was where you really started developing your stand-up abilities and your own voice. So can you tell us what kind of stuff did you do to get yourself into this business? I remember when I went up to Seattle, and I, 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 I want to, you know, I, I was, I'd read books on comedy. I was, I, I wanted to really immerse myself in comedy and learn everything about it. It's like I, I, I do you think I there's feel really like I should like... know more? I should know is It's my, if it's my business and my career and my life and what I am, I should, How could I got to, I got to know what's going on. Do you think that there's also, like a technique that helped you, or because I mean, like reading, like did reading the books really, really get something in there that wasn't there before? Um, I mean, I, I, uh, the best thing, honestly, is stage time. You you can't replace stage time. You got to have that outlet. Then with that, it's writing jokes, taping your set. I mean, those are the three main things. I think jokes, tape your set, stage time. You work you work off that. I mean, the books are. They're not. They're nice. This nice. It's a nice supplement, but doing the public speaking in public. When I was in college, I got a C. I got a C in public speaking. I didn't have confidence. I didn't. I wasn't really. Didn't break out of my shell. Even with my acting class, I got a C in there. So when I went up to Seattle after these doing these classes, I, I took yeah, the workshops. For me, were helpful because it just gave it gave me some structure, and then I took a business of comedy class. I learned about contracts, and I learned all about you know, the lifestyle of a comedian and these talk shows and these 
these variety shows. I just wanted to learn everything I could. So an agent taught that class. I think it was uh, Danny Danny Goldberg. Forget it. Danny Goldberg. I think taught that. Anyway, so when I went up to Seattle, I remember Jay Leno. I read his book, and he said, "If you want to get good at comedy, you got to learn how to speak in public. So take any kind of job where you're like speak where you're speaking in public." So I started working at. Well, first of all, I had to wait tables. I was a waiter at Red Robin up in Seattle. So I waited tables. That forces you to talk to people in public, different different tables, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, I also worked for the Seattle Supersonics, the basketball team, and I sold, I worked in the team shop there. And then during the games, I would sell T-shirts. So I'd be on the in the runway to the arena selling T-shirts. Get your T-shirts here, Sonic T-shirts, 40% <laughs> off. So I got comfortable just talking, I got I got over that self consciousness about speaking in public, so I did that, and then I had my cable access show in Seattle, so that got me comfortable with being funny in front of a camera, doing a live show, being on my feet, taking phone calls, being creative during the week with little videos. So I did that. Then when I went to New York, because I wasn't ready to come back to L.A. Um, I barked at one of the I barked at the comedy cellar. I had to bring people downstairs into the show, mm-hmm. and I was also a tour guide at Radio City Musical. Oh yeah, wow. so, yeah. So that that also gave me that outlet to talk. And you know, I always wanted to go to New York. That's something as a kid I always wanted to go to New York. And when I was in Seattle doing comedy, I felt like I kind of like found my voice in Seattle, but to take it to the next level, I felt like I had to go somewhere, and I kind of, like, was done with Seattle, I always wanted to go to New York, and I felt like the time was right to go to New York, so in 97, I moved out to New York, so I stayed in New York for three years, and did some stuff out there, but I did a lot of, like, at that point, I kind of, like, honed my voice, I found my voice in Seattle, went to New York, and you know, took my lumps there and did my stuff and really honed my voice. And then at that point, I was kind of ready to come back to L.A. So that's the year 2000, and I felt like, you know what? If I come back to L.A., uh, I'm from L.A., I know my way around L.A., I'd have a car, I'd have a place to stay, and I'd have kind of like a marketable skill, meaning I could do some comedy, talk in public, and then I knew a bunch of people already that moved out here. And we're back once again with Brody Stevens. So, Brody, um, why don't you tell us about what it was like actually getting into the business once you got back to L.A.? Um, I know you did some TV shows, so why don't you fill us in on that? So, when I came out when I came out here, I was already sending tapes to my friends who worked on these TV shows. So I got this, the Craig Kilborn show. And then I got Premium Blend based on knowing some people in New York, and then, then I got into Best Damn Sports Show. And then at that point, I've kind of been doing that ever since. So you got to move around. you got to go. you got to experience stuff. A lot of these comedians now, they, they're coming up as alternative comedians. They're growing up watching the Sarah Silvermans, the Mark Marins, the Brian Posehns, the Patton Oswalt. They're growing up watching those guys as opposed to, you know, they, they, it's like they're born alternative comedians or that, that, that kind of scene, whereas a lot of these guys, they became 
alternative if you want to put that label on it because the the club the comedy clubs were uh not not satisfying enough mm. do you yeah. know what I mean and so yeah. it's like these guys so that's why I, I think some some of these comedians today these young guys that's why I get like if I see you know some people you could see like well I hope they don't is this what comedy is today? Like a guy doing it for four years of slack, not slacker jokes, but four years of, you know, there, there is an alternative. To I'm not the alternative. alternative. No, but there's, and not an alternative to the alternative, but there's, there's just something about these guys born into this alternative comedy. You, you, it's like, all right, you're getting laughs at UCB. You're getting laughs in front of everybody who looks like you. Can you get laughs? in front of a stranger. Can you get laughs in the club? But here's the deal. It's maybe they don't have to. Maybe they feel like, you know what? I build up my own thing. I do my own little videos. I do my own little, I create my own little scene. I don't need the clubs. I don't need to do that kind of broad comedy. So, you know, that, that, that's part of it. The times are changing. Yeah, it is. It is very strange. I know a lot of the comics that I've talked to, they're, like, they do talk about how comedy has changed. Like, they talk about, like, it was it was slightly before my time. I realized this, that, like, I wasn't, I wasn't aware enough during the 90s of this, like, change that was happening because, you know, I was probably, like, 12 and, you know, not, not watching as much TV. But it is kind of interesting to see, like, these comics that experience the change, like, firsthand, they do bring something more to the table, like a different understanding that's like it's something that you just can't get if you it seems like you just can't get it if you weren't around for it but it's um, called wisdom it's called stage <laughs> time it's called you Experience. know putting pain paying your dues seeing it all there's again it's different right now if you come up and you're in you're born into the internet born into all this the, and i'm saying it's good that's all positive it's positive but I still feel like real comedy comes from, you know, experience and life, stand-up comedy and life experiences. Yeah. No, um, well, I do want to ask you, with your experiences, um, like, how was going to New York? Um, I know that it was, it's a different New York now than it was then, but still, um, I feel like comics that went to New York have a different, like, a different kind of vibe that's a than just people who have been in L.A. all the time. Like, why do you think that is? Like, what is what is the difference between the two scenes? Like, what did you get out of going to New York? Well, I like the, you know, the energy of New York. First of all, the city of New York as opposed to L.A. There's just uh, the energy, the... It's a city. It's not suburbs. They have them out in New Jersey and all that, but if you're obviously living in the New York City area... Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, it's a city. The people are real. You see crazy stuff. You see interesting stuff. You see annoying stuff. You see really neat stuff. You see these things because you're walking around. You're feeling the energy of it. So in terms of like a city and, and, and getting inspiration, there is an energy. You know, there's an energy out here in L.A. too, but just for the sake of... You know, just that real city energy and the noises. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I li- I like that. It's like, there's just a lot of stimul stimulization going on. 
And the comedy scene, for what I what I saw was, these people were just into comedy. They were into art. They were into being funny. They were into, um, you know, experiencing and just being part of a community. It wasn't about like, oh, I want to be on TV. Um, oh, I want to make a million dollars. Of course everybody wants to be on TV and make money or whatever. But then it was more about the scene. It was more about, not the scene, about the art scene. Whereas you come out here to L.A., it's about getting a sitcom or getting on TV or getting that half-hour special. People are more, almost more desperate out here. It's more business, more desperate. Whereas mm -hmm. New York, it's about the art. It's about the comedy. It's about the process. And, you know, in New York, you'll go to a club and you can have rich people, poor people, black people, white people, gay people, straight people. Everybody's a mix. And if you're bringing something to the table, you're in. Whereas in L.A., what you look like, where you work, what kind of car you drive, are you famous, are you on a reality show, do you like the hills, and I'm not into that, I grew up here, maybe it like messed me up, because I grew up in that, whereas maybe if I lived in New York, or grew up in New York, I might have a little more, might feel a little more appreciated, that's kind of why I went to Seattle too, I like I like Seattle a little bit, it's not, obviously it's not a New York, but it is a city, and the people are into art up there. You know, L.A. is a tough place to to be a stand-up comedian. You're born here in L.A. as a white guy. <laughs> what, what are you What are you going to say? There's nothing nothing special about that here. But I think that that's a really cool that's a really cool thing. I know that I kind of I kind of understand where you're coming from. I grew up in San Diego and then moved to San Francisco, where I. It was the energy was so much more intense. Like there were so many more people, and then you come back here, and it is kind of for business. Like you come back, you're like, okay, I've seen this before, and you do kind of realize that it's about the business. Do you think you'd ever go back to New York, or do you think that you're going to try to find it here in LA? Uh, I wouldn't. I'm not against going back to New York. I think. I mean, if I had a job there, or somebody offered me something. All of Paul F. Tompkins. That would be cool. <laughs> I think for a while I'm going to stay. I want to like look after my mom. My mom lives down in Palm Springs, so I feel like as her son, I need to kind of like look after my mom a little bit. Are you an only I, child? I have a sister. I have an older sister. Mm. But I, I want. I think I want to take a more active role, actually. Aww. So my mom lives down in Palm Springs which is, she likes it down there, so that's about two hours from L.A. So if I went to New York, I'd be a lot further away, and my mom's not young anymore, so I feel like i got to kind of stay out here. I feel like I need to do that. Well, I think um, that's, that's really cool. It'll give people... I think it's good because you'll be able to find like a lot of stuff. Not that there wouldn't be stuff in New York, but I think especially it seems that you've made a lot of a lot of friends and in different scenes in the comedy thing. You're doing the comedy store, which is one thing you're doing. UCB, they, they gave you a show <laughs> that one time. I think, I think you're going to, I think it's going to be good. And I think it's cool because it gives people a good opportunity to see you like live in different areas doing warm up or doing stuff. And I mean, I know you were kind of getting, I don't know. I think, I think you'll do good and I'm not trying to kiss your ass. I'm just trying to affirm that 
positive part of you that's like, yeah, I can do it. I'm just trying to affirm that, but I'm not kissing your ass. I just want that to be clear. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it was great talking to you. Um, and I think everybody will be happy that this is up. All your friends can listen to it. It'll be awesome. All my friends and everybody else who's listening to the show. Um, so it was great talking to you, Brody Stevens. Very good. I hope you had fun. Sam, I had a great time. I feel that we have two or three more interviews left in us. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll do a part two or part three down the road. It was a great time for me, and I look forward to uh, seeing you again. All right. Be sure to listen listen in to yourself. Um, I'll do that, and I'll, and I'll embed it on my website. <laughs> Yay. Promotion for both of us. All you right. got it. So it was great talking to you, and we will definitely do this again in the future. Okay, Sam. All right. All right. Bye-bye.